Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Good morning. It's February 15th, 2024 here in the Morning Rush Hour. I've got all of your entertainment news in one place. We've got some somber news to start with, and sadly, not all too surprising. A shooting took place yesterday. You may or may not have heard of this at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Championship Parade. One dead, more than 20 shot after the Super Bowl Parade. We're going to talk about this. It's a tough story to lead with. Uh, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job if we didn't, you know, discuss what is going to be, if not already, the biggest story of the week and then some. Uh, I've got some clips of the celebration uh, for, of the Kansas City Chiefs and statements made by Travis Kelsey from Brittany Mahomes, uh, which is Patrick Mahomes' wife. Uh, all members of the team are OK, but yes, that's right. One person has died, 22 gunshot victims, many of those uh, children. And uh, I'm going to share a clip of what was said at the press conference with, I believe, uh, the local police force. And again, we'll have some other clips that are lighter regarding the parade. I guess we'll have to start chronologically. So uh, things started off okay as it was a championship parade. Everyone's getting drunk. I mean, here we have Travis Kelsey uh, actually you know, singing a cappella. I mean, I don't know Bring how long this was before the actual shooting took place, but they're literally just singing Garth Brooks. Everyone's having a good time before three people uh, took it into their own hands to make this a infamous and very sad and deadly day. We were the last one to show. We were the so, last I mean, one. I, here's what you need to understand. I, I'm actually coming at this story after spending, spending the, the last uh, half of the day with my wife for Valentine's Day. So I'm a little, uh, you know, I'm trying to catch myself up on this. So initially I've got all these fun stories about Travis Kelsey being drunk and having fun and the crowd's when cheering. I t- and I toasted you. Honey, we threw what I never... All right, so they're safe. They're having fun. I mean, guys, this is this is supposed to be a day of celebrating, right? Well, then very shortly after it comes out that these shooting took place, people were fleeing the scene. Travis Kelsey tweeted, I am heartbroken over the tragedy that took place today. My heart is with all who came out to celebrate with us and have been affected. Kansas City, you mean the world to me. And Brittany Mahomes actually said, uh, of course... Uh, that it was traumatizing. And she says, shooting people is never the answer. Uh, highly embarrassed and disappointed in this. Super Bowl wins will never be the same because of this. It's devastating. Lives lost and people injured during something that was supposed to be a celebration. Horrible and traumatizing. So many prayers going to the families involved. And of course, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, at this point, short of a longer conversation about who got these guns and all you know the, all of the all of those conversations that will take place let's at least you know uh hear about who's detained and what's going on and also to um acknowledge that not only the the victims who were actually hit by gunfire but there are a lot more people who are going to be forever impacted by by what happened here today um you know as as people were running you know, a lot of us law enforcement who are, who are running towards the danger, um, 
also guided those who were in um, in fear of their lives. And that's something to be said of, of how impactful today's event truly was. So they detained somebody. And there's, you know, viral videos going around of Good Samaritan's heroes. I think it's safe to call them heroes who, you know, tackled the gunmen and really prevented further tragedy from happening. Guys, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. Uh, you know, I don't want to share uh, news until we know more about this. But as I record this on Wednesday evening, you guys know I record this a few hours early, heroic tackles. I mean, there's video footage everywhere of what was going down. Obviously, questions need to be answers. Here's uh, answered. Here's a statement from the Kansas City Chiefs. We're truly saddened by the senseless act of violence that occurred outside of Union Station at the conclusion of today's parade and rally. Our hearts go out to the victims, their families, and all of Kansas City. We're in close communication with the mayor's office as well as the Kansas City Police Department. At this time, we have confirmed that all of our players, coaches, staff, and their families are safe and accounted for. We thank the local law enforcement officers and first responders who were on scene to assist. Again, I'll give you guys any updates if they come in, but I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't in good faith start today's podcast without addressing this very serious and sad incident that happened after the Super Bowl championship parade. Um, I'm going to move from here and discuss some other Super Bowl news, which again, in light of this might seem not important. And trust me, most of the things we're going to talk about today aren't important. I'm going to talk about some Bachelor stories. We have a Jason Tartik story to get to today. I've actually got multiple updates on the uh, Jane Doe story. So I'll get to those probably last today. Uh, some people that work within Maricopa County in the judicial system weigh in on what they think is going to go down with that trial. Plus, we have word from multiple sources acting, I guess, in unison from a former uh, residence of Jane Doe speaking out against her character. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting to continue to paint the picture of what we're dealing with, uh, with regards to the Clayton Eckerd v. Jane Doe paternity scam. So we'll have some more on that. Uh, but first let's go to Travis Kelsey from the Super Bowl. Of course, uh, in lighter times yesterday doing his podcast, he actually owns up to the fact that bumping the coach was unacceptable, mentions he crossed the line. Let's just listen to what he has to say right here on his podcast with his brother, Jason Kelsey. On the uh, turnover, the broadcast showed you having a heated exchange with Coach Reed. <laughs> so heated. Yeah, where it looks like uh, you caught Big Red off guard a little bit. As he said, I, gave him, I, got, him, I got him with a cheap shot. People are all over this, and I—I I mean, I get it. I can't. Yeah, you—you went—you went—you crossed the line. I think we can I, both I, agree I, on I that. I can't. I can't. I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. When he when he stumbled, I was just like, oh shit, in my head. Or I, even, like, I mean, even it. I mean, let's be honest. The, the yelling in his face too is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this retrospectively. Yeah, uh, I don't think we need to have Jason. Kelsey tell us this, you know, it's I'm Jason Kelsey's the older brother and he's saying, yeah, not just the fact that you bumped your coach, but the way you yelled in his face, you don't need to do that. First of all, you don't need to do that to another person another man and especially your coach, you know, that's the guy who's leading this team. So uh, kind of nice to see Jason Kelsey, big brother Travis right here and kind of put him in line. This is, and, but Hey guys, I'm okay with this. I mean, sure. It would have been good if 
Travis Kelsey didn't actually do this. But again, in hindsight, it's better to, I, I like that we can hear them talk it out. I mean, you know, people are saying, oh, Travis Kelsey should dump, or Tra- Taylor Swift should dump, dump ta- Travis Kelsey. He's violent. He's this, he's that. No, I mean, he was overheated on a huge play in the biggest game of his career. And for him to admit that it was wrong, I think I think that at the bare minimum is a start. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a passionate guy. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him, how much I'd love to be, you know, a product of his coaching career. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. He ain't calling it quits. Come on up. He's not. And I um, I got a certain relationship with him. He's he's checked me a few times, and um, I just wanted to let him know that I wanted this thing and that it, he, he can put it on me, and uh, and I got him. And um. You know, it's just uh, it came in a moment where uh, we weren't playing very well. I wasn't playing very well, and we had uh, we had to get some shit going. And uh, sometimes emotions ramped up. Sometimes those emotions get away from me, man. And I've uh, that's been the battle of my my career. But everybody else, I don't I don't give a shit what anybody else says. I talked to Coach Reed about it today, and we kind of chuckled about it. And yeah. he just I I I couldn't be you know more proud of being his product on the field, and I couldn't be. Uh, more proud of you know where we've where we've come um, as a team since I got here in 2013, um, and uh, I just love playing for the guy, man. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes my passion comes out where it looks like it's negativity, but um, I'm I'm grateful that he knows that it's all because I want I want to win this thing. He knows with that. him. All right, so it. then you know uh, you don't need to hear any more of that. But that's their podcast, where it's called New Heights Podcast, and you can go listen to their full conversation, which is very interesting. I love I love that with sports and entertainment, we have access to all these different voices, so you can go listen to the full episode and hear his words and all that jazz. All right, we do have a lot to get into today. It is an action packed morning, so we'll be back with more content right after this. Did everyone have a good Valentine's Day? Did you go on any dates or have any fun? Did anyone have a one-night stand? You know, you went out to the bar, some dude bought you a PBR, and next thing you know, you're having fun out there. Tell me your stories. I'd love to hear if there's any good stories out there. Should we do a segment? Do we have any single people out there that want to tell us about their dating lives? I would love that. Write in, please. I can share it anonymously. I think we'd have a good time if we do like Dave's Confessions. Should we do that? Dave's Confessions? All right. You can DM me on Instagram or send me an email, whatever the hell you want to do. My Valentine's was interesting. So, okay. Yes, I'm guilty. I I didn't make reservations for a restaurant until February 13th. And when I looked at all of the best Italian restaurants in Nashville, they were all completely sold out for Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh shoot, what am I going to do? But I found one, one of the top eateries, um, uh, uh, which was in Franklin, Tennessee, which is just south of Nashville, had reservations for 4 p.m. Now, normally you'd go, Dave, who the hell wants to get dinner at 4 p.m.? Well, I'll tell you what, there's no better way to eat Italian food than early on in the evening, especially with a pregnant wife, seven months pregnant. So we did the 4 p.m. dinner. By the time when we when we got to dinner, we were the first people in the restaurant. By the time we left at 5 p.m., it was completely full. So we snuck the reservation in. I sold it. I sold the idea to my wife and she was like yeah I'll do early dinner she knew it was because I 
am not good at scheduling things too far in advance. Let me tell you something. It was new age Italian, which you get a little, you get a little worried about new age food. And again, I'm sorry if anyone's hungry right now, cause I'm about to blow the lid off you, but cause you go, all right, what, what do you mean? Come on. Lasagna is lasagna. What do we need new age for? Let me tell you something. I had crab stuffed portobello mushrooms that are to die for. I had a pan. I had a little bit of like a flatbread, flatbread pizza. It had a very special pepperoni on it that was kind of burnt on the edges. So it was crispy and had this sort of ranch chipotle sauce. I know, I know this sounds crazy. I got Italians rolling in the grave. It was so good. And then we had this I guess like butter, butter linguine that um, came with some, with like a sort of a sirloin steak. Uh, and of course, a Caesar salad. I'm telling you guys, it was amazing. And I, we barely, I think we finished it off with some tiramisu or something or another. I tell you what, I've been eating healthy. Yesterday was my cheat day. That was my cheat. That was my big, uh, my affair with sugar was complete. I had a sugar one night stand. Uh, but either way, I hope you guys had a good Valentine's Day, uh, regardless of how you spent it. And I've got some big news to get to. Like I said, back end of this episode, we'll talk a little bit about the Clayton Eckert paternity scandal. But first, I'm trying to pull up content we're going to talk about today. And here we have Bachelorette alum Jason Tartik reacting to Nick Viles' viral asexual dig at Caitlin at ex Caitlin Bristow. That was a handful. So you guys might remember this story. We already showed it where Caitlin said there was a time during the end of her relationship with Jason where she was asexual, which by the way, wasn't necessarily a knock on Jason. It was a knock on her. She said she just wasn't feeling sexual or whatever. And then of course, Jason Tartik shared a, um, uh, uh, a shirtless photo. And of course, Nick Vial, who kind of is like, I don't know, that member of the family you tolerate because he's in the family, you know what I mean? So then he says, oh, nothing asexual about this, which again, kind of a funny joke, but also kind of a dick move, which kind of explains Nick, right? A lot of dick moves. Either way, uh, here's what Jason had to say when he, uh, page six caught up with him. People obviously are very invested in your romantic life since you come out, <laughs> out of the Bachelor franchise. Yeah. So, I mean, have you had any luck this weekend? Are you looking? Uh, you know, out here, single, mingling, okay. you know, things are going, so we'll see. Okay, know? that's fun. Yeah. Um, now, your buddy Nick Vial got in a little bit of trouble recently. Yes. What kind of trouble did he get in? Well, because he left a comment on one of your photos. Oh, he did? What did, did he write? Did you see that? No, what did he He put? said something like, this look doesn't look asexual. <laughs> Sexual at all? What oh, do you make of that, that comment? Hey, you know what? Nick is Nick's a friend. I love Nick. I think what Nick's doing with his podcast is unreal. And you know what? Nick is Nick's, Nick is. Yeah. I like Nick. Nick's a good guy. By the way. Jason Tartik looks absolutely sauced in this interview. No, I think he's a great guy. There yeah. seems to be a little bit of a dig at your ex. What do you make of that? Um, I'll leave that up for interpretation. Wow. He goes, I'll leave that up for interpretation. I mean, look, Nick's the one who posted it, not him. And again, I don't know. Is, is this going to lead to further beef? It's, <laughs> I kind of feel like it's a cold war, right? I'm over here trying to keep Russia and the U.S. from firing nukes at each other. And it's just, it's so brittle. The ice is so thin between some sort of Caitlin Bristow, Jason Tartik all at war. And I don't think it has to be that way. But when people ask these interviews and Nick gets in the middle, I mean, it's all, oh, it's just a whole bunch of garbage, a garbage, garbage.
Garbage. So anyway, speaking of the Italian stallion of reality, Carboni. All right. So anyway, let's dive into the Clayton Eckerd paternity scandal content. So there's an evidentiary hearing set for February 27th. This is a hearing to say who's going to pay the bill in the legal sense for this court hearing. This paternity here or started as a paternity hearing. Jane Doe took Clayton to court. Um, I don't think she had a lawyer when she took him to court. It was family court. She wanted to develop a paternity plan or a family plan, whatever the hell it's called. Well, then of course, after 24 weeks, he gets an injunction against harassment on her. She gets a restraining order against him. I'm somehow getting sued for harassment, which she has since dis- uh, dropped her charges against me, or I should say dismiss her charge or uh, her accusations she made against me. I mean, how bad could I have harassed her? You know what I mean? Clearly, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not even saying her name or sharing her face, but I digress. This isn't about me yet. So anyhow, um, the hearing set for February 27th, well, Clayton Eckerd's side said, we need more time. We need 60 more days. They've requested 60 more days uh, to do the work they need to do, the discovery, the deposition of Jane Doe, uh, reaching out to her medical providers, uh, her signing over fetal death certificates, all these types of things. Now, could it be that Uh, They have no intention of doing any of this because they know she won't do that. Maybe. Uh, Clayton was deposed by Jane Doe's side, so it would only be fair for her to be deposed back. Now, she's arguing she thinks if the deposition is made public, it'll make a laughingstock of her, which again, she can live or die by what she says. If she wants to lie through her teeth or be caught in a lie in any which way, I mean, that's just consequences she'll have to deal with. But of course, she wants it um, sealed. She's tried to get all of her past cases sealed, and I don't believe any of them have been, although she's told people, clearly knowing they're not sealed, including myself, she's told people, well, it must be sealed because no one can get a hold, you know, all this garbage. And it turns out, no, you need like witness protection level reasons for things to be sealed. It could be the latest threats she said are made against her could be a move for her to try to get, um, you know, it's sealed from the public. I'm truly not sure. Coming up next, though, I'm going to share with you what a judge is thinking from the Maricopa County system. Again, this is all anonymous regarding Clayton Eckerd's scandal and whether or not the date will get pushed. A judge close to the matter, I shouldn't say close to the matter, but within the same building, uh, uh, spoke to someone we know, you know what I mean? Like, this is how it works, right? So this could be hogwash, this could be legit, it doesn't really matter, it's just hearsay at this point. But a judge in the family court system at the same location where Clayton is having his uh, trial said, uh, once they looked at the Clayton docket, that they don't think the evidentiary hearing will be moved back. Uh, They said that since Jane Doe sued for a parenting plan with no intercourse, no babies or no paternity established and doesn't dispute, it should be a slam dunk to award sanctions and the judge will want to get the case closed. Not sure if this is good or bad news, but wanted to give a heads up. All right, so that's interesting. Now, It's not so clear that Jane Doe... Now, Jane Doe said she's no longer pregnant, but she refuses to say that Clayton was never the father. So I guess Jane Doe's going to argue that he was the father. That's what her argument's going to be. He was the father, therefore she shouldn't have to pay. Um, Others have said Jane Doe is now creating new LLCs. Is she trying to move money around so she doesn't have to pay the bill? We We truthfully don't know. We just don't know. 
But here's the interesting info that we received, and it's something we're still working on. You know, the newsroom here at Bachelor Nation News has been very busy, and as a power journalist, you know, you try to vet your sources, you try to bring truth to light, and all I can say is this, and there is a lot to be said, but I just have to start by saying this. There is a source who says he and multiple people who lived in Jane Doe's building in San Francisco were subjected to multiple calls to the cops over partying, noise complaints, and otherwise unhinged behavior. Now, they claim a lot of these phone calls that were made to the cops were literally uh, done uh, with no reasoning. There were uh, people that literally had the cops called on them uh, the day they moved in. And I I believe there's going to be some things coming out that are actually... Uh, quite damning from this little building here in San Francisco. They don't seem to be afraid to speak, uh, but what we've seen is the um, uh, sort of uh, modus operandi here is that Jane Doe, if possible, has and will call the cops on people and has and will try to get people fired. Um, This is wild stuff, folks. This is absolutely wild stuff. I mean, you know, it's one thing, look, you know, we have a police system set up. It's, it's, It's part of our social democracy. We all pay tax dollars to a police system to keep us safe, to serve and protect. And just like the judicial system can and has been abused so has the 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 police uh departments i mean guys i've had to mention that i've had to be proactive and go to my local sheriffs my local police officers with cookies and literally say hey i'm new to town in the off chance that swat teams are called on my residence and 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 why would i think that that wouldn't happen when i've had the fbi tip line called because of me accusations that are absolutely not true by someone who never even went forward with her harassment suit against me. Uh, She was never going to. She dropped it at the ninth hour. So ninth hour, 11th hour, whatever, at the 12th hour, she dropped it. She dropped it and then immediately uh, went to uh, the non uh, sort of legal world, the world of, uh, the, of, of, of being a journalist. I guess that's what she's claiming. She is now a blogger, I guess, where she makes uh, new claims about me and um, I'm, I'm trying to harass her and all these things. Guys, th- th- this is what I have to tell you. You know, so some people go, Dave, why do you keep covering this? They don't quite understand the bigger picture here. There are families um, of what appears to be a dozen or so people that have had to deal with her shenanigans. And the more we talk about it, the more people come forward and they don't always know each other's stories, but they all sort of sound the same. She finds a way to use the system against them. And then they need to go to therapy afterwards. Some people, it was just tenant complaints. And again, some people, it was bigger complaints like work complaints. Uh, And in these other cases like Clayton and Greg and Mike and Andrew and Matthew and who else decides to come forward. There are situations where she has absolutely weaponized the most fragile aspect of humanity, which is believing victims. She has weaponized that, folks. She has done it repeatedly. And we're here to see that through. And I'm going to bet my bottom dollar that we, when it's all said and done, are on the right side of this story and whoever else may be complicit with her. I think that's fair. 
And we've done it in a way that I believe is the most fragile way you can do it, which is not exposing her name publicly, making sure that the court system is aware of what she is doing and holding her accountable for lies. And yes, my mind is blown on a daily basis when new people come forward and say, you know what? I can't go public right now, but here's the story. I have handfuls of stories of people that say that, that the second she thinks I'm speaking to somebody. I don't know. Maybe maybe she just has this Google template. Maybe it's AI. Maybe this is chat GPT. We're really not sure what level of um, sort of, uh, uh, of uh, you know, uh, automation is going into all of these legal threats. But when they're done privately, um, when they're done, you know, don't go forward and talk to Dave or X, Y, and Z. I'll have you fired if you do this. I'll call the cops if you do that. Those complaints, when they're done privately, are hell, hell, uh, you know, stressful. They're nerve wracking. But when folks like me speak up about them, and once all these other victims go, oh my gosh, I'm not alone, we start to see her game plan. We start to see the playbook. And let me tell you something when you know the playbook, it is not as scary. To deal with. All right, folks, I'll be back. I've got content coming to you all day long. I'll continue to talk about these developing stories on today's Patreon. That'll be at 12 noon central time. You're not going to want to miss this one. Patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Please, I know some of the news today was heavy. Do me a favor. Help me out. Smile as you walk into office or smile as you greet the Amazon delivery guy. Let's share a little love today. God knows we need it. Have a good one. We'll see you this afternoon. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. Come <laughs> on.